boldly going where millions of fans have gone before. Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. With your hosts, Cameron, the new recruit, Marcy, the passionate veteran, and Alex. This week's episode, Encounter at Farpoint. Engage. Hello, and welcome to the maiden voyage of Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. I am Cameron Harrison, your titular newbie, because I, much to my shame, have never watched The Next Generation. But I'm not going on this journey alone, no. With me are my two faithful Sherpas, Marcy (laughs) Phillips. Hello. And Alex Grantham. Hello. So Marcy, uh, I believe you had started rewatching a handful of the episodes recently, and you were telling me about them, and that's sort of what inspired me to uh, finally turn my gaze, and uh, then in turn inspire this podcast. One of the few reasons I brought you along is because I know that you are passionate about Star Trek. You might not be like a Trekkie and like knowing every character's middle name and birth date, but like few friends of mine are as passionate about at least the next generation as you. So tell us about your history. This is actually intervention, (laughs) Marcy. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of Star Trek. Um, When I was a kid, I started with just a love of science fiction, which my mom inspired in me. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. I love you. And then in terms of Star Trek, we watched a lot of the original series, had some nightmares from Wrath of Khan with the earwigs, Mm -hmm. and then with The Next Generation, Andrew... me. (laughs) (laughs) Now the entire episode's going to require royalties. (laughs) With The Next Generation, Andrew was the one, uh, my significant other, who really got me into watching those episodes. Because you guys, like, like, burned through... All of them, right, during a summer? Is that right? Yeah, well, when we were building our house, we needed a stress reliever, and Andrew's like, well, let's buy the whole DVD set <laughs> of Next Generation. Like, cool, Just let's roll do it. up it. into the house loan. After uh, a long day, all we need is a little Star Trek to unwind. And so, not every night, but most nights, we would watch a couple episodes of Star Trek, and so I really got into it then, and we rewatched the whole series one other time, and now we were just doing the... Favorite episodes, basically. And now I'll force you to rewatch all of them. Uh, yeah, well, I'm ready. <laughs> and then Alex, uh, you know, you and I had been talking about doing a podcast, and I yeah. found this idea to you, and it, it seemed to click because apparently at one time you were quite the Trek fan, but have lost your way. Yeah, there the was a dwindled. time in my life when I can genuinely say I had deep love <laughs> for Star Trek. And it wasn't just for Next Generation, even though that was a series that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. I was a kid when it premiered and I watched it all the way through. But uh, I think actually I've watched at some point in time in my life every episode of all the different series. I think wow. there's five now, about to be a six. Are you, you going to watch Discovery? I think I will watch Discovery, oh. yeah. I'm not super excited about it, but I am willing as I am with this show. <laughs> because after the success of this one, we'll eventually get to Discovery and you'll have to watch them all over again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know exactly. Actually, you know what? I think I do know exactly what happened when in terms of me falling away from Star Trek. And it is a very petty thing, but I remember... I really started to resent media that made my friends who were mildly smart feel brilliant. (laughs) And it's like the the Dan Harmon effect or like the Futurama effect where it's like, this show is fine, guys, but it is a totally 
average show. Don't like turn it into like this uh, calling card for your Philosophy brilliance. For life. Yeah, exactly. But Which you I, still you watched. Yeah, I every... was that horrible person. <laughs> you watched like DS Nine. Everything. Yeah, you all the Voyager. movies. And I mean, I am hoping that this experience can bring me back around my heart is open <laughs> to rediscover the idea. that's right the love for but Shandra. i am i am genuinely shocked cam because out of all of our mutual friends mm-hmm. you are easily when it comes to tv and movies mm-hmm. the biggest nerd bar none mm-hmm. i am shocked <laughs> that you have not i'm seen shocked that have this seen show it. no uh and i i don't entirely know why you know i was six when it came on so i wasn't really into it yet then it became turned into syndication, and I probably just wanted to start at the beginning. And back then, we didn't have Netflix or DVDs really to be able to do that. My one big memory of it back then was whenever I saw a commercial for the next episode coming up that week, it was them stuck in the fucking holiday. Every I feel I feel like it's every commercial. It's gonna fucking divide this podcast in twain. <laughs> So I'm, I'm genuinely curious how often that does happen. I'm going to guess maybe once per season, but I feel like those uh, episodes were on repeat. A little more than that, probably, <laughs> to my chagrin. Oh, no. Uh, so are we really going to be watching all the episodes? Is that the plan? Every goddamn last God, one. Geez. It's the only way to do this scientifically. This is science, people. Oh, if we, we are. are going to endure it, you are going to endure every moment of it as well. And, uh, and we hope you, the listener, can follow along. I'm going to be watching on Netflix. I believe that they're all on both Netflix and Hulu. Easy to follow along. We'll have our uh, Facebook, Green Shirt Podcast, and uh, at Green Shirt Podcast Twitter. We'll hopefully have some conversations going there because I hope to have a few stumpers for my friends here. <laughs> I should mention, you know, we're recording this a little bit early, but uh, the day it drops is what podcast do I yep, that's come the to understand? Drop is <laughs> the official kid. No we'll be to the day 30 years from... Uh, when the next generation premiered, wow! So we're excited about that. Thirty years—that is impressive, terrifying, <laughs> yeah, and terrifying, yeah. I can we all just take a moment mm-hmm. and appreciate the fact that inside of this thirty-year gap okay. between watching the show and now, no major character or actor in the show has had a scandal. Wow. Is that true? I think that's right. Is that true? I mean, yeah, it, correct it me if I'm wrong, true. but like. You know how crushing it would Cole be Meany. if we found out that Jonathan Frakes... O'Brien? Why do you have to go ...had, had sex dirty? with a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> or that Brent Spiner was horribly racist. But it would destroy... Because there are so many shows that you watch now where it's very mm-hmm. difficult to watch because you know too much about right, the, the actors. actors' personal lives. And it's 30 years is a lot of time Classic to fuck Candace up. Classic Bergman. But I will say... If anybody of the original cast is listening to this, it would be great for our ratings if you could have a scandal <laughs> like when this uh, around this year, yeah, yeah. this fall. Like so, Brent Spiner, if you've been taking an extra look at your nephew, so this is the time. <laughs> Go ahead. Brent Spiner is mine. How does he know? Who is this Alex Grantham? How does he know my darkest thoughts? Everything is coming together for us. So, what do you guys expect from this? reviewing and new viewing that's a good question you know uh i didn't mention you know i'm not coming at this i'm not going to be someone's bubby you know asking what a, a teleporter is what is bubby mean? a bubby a bubby a bubby someone's bubby grandmother <laughs> oh so you're I gonna see. you're not gonna be coming at it like an old folk no like you said I'm a, I'm a nerd i know i've seen the movies actually i've seen all the next generation movies once in theater was always very confused because i hadn't seen the show I saw a lot of the original series and loved... I mean, I consider myself a Trek fan because of the original cast movies. I do love those a lot. And I love the reboots. 
take that as you will. <laughs> uh, so, but I guess I'm hoping that as much as I love the original, they do feel very dated. Alex and I were talking about how they kind of feel almost Twilight zone in that yeah. they're not serialized at all. They are all thought experiments. They're all very much like sci-fi stories wrapped up in this universe. And so I'm hoping that the next generation is maybe a little bit closer to the J.J. Abrams reboots that, you know, there's, they find that adventure, that sense of adventure mm-hmm. and exploration and, and a little bit more serialization. We get to know the characters and their relationships and things change throughout. That's what I'm hopeful for. I don't know if that's what we'll get. What about you? I want the show to be <laughs> everything that I remember, which I have fond nostalgia for the show. I'm worried. <laughs> but... Um, but in terms of like what I specifically expect, I expect it'll be probably a rough road for a long time until it finds its footing, That's and then eventually I'll start. My memory will start to sync up more with what the show actually mm-hmm. is, and it's like, oh, okay, I see the real, I see the charm here. But I'm, I'm allowing myself a certain amount of garbage before <laughs> it starts to shine for sure. Well, I'm what looking if- forward to going on this journey with seeing it through fresh eyes, through fresh eyes, and with a couple of guys who are really good at. Pulling things apart and really... T- <laughs> no, I mean, it's a good a compliment. I, mean, I hope, yeah. Because I, sometimes when you love something, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to see it with a more critical eye. And it is true that it's not perfect. Nothing is perfect. And so it'll be fun to go on this journey with you guys and to have some laughs uh, along the way. One other thing, I guess, we've always been in a world of two treks, basically, since we we're all six around there. We've known the world as having two forms of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm kind of eager to try to look at it through the lens of someone at the time who, this is brand new. I've only ever known one crew, one Star Trek. What's this, what's, what's, what are these new guys all about? What are they bringing to the table? So I'm hoping I can try to... Channel that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, channel the 1987 viewpoint. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, our first episode is Escape from Far... Points. Oh my god. Uh, what is it? Already. <laughs> and I believe the uh, main character's yeah, the main it's character's name is Quesadilla. Quesa Quesa <laughs> so they encounter Quesadilla at our point. <laughs> turns out like Cam is just wasted. <laughs> I'm just watching a completely different show the whole time. <laughs> it's like a Doctor Who episode. Just re-ones re- of Breaking Bad. <laughs> we'll be right back. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. All right, well, that was the pilot episode. Maybe two episodes if you're watching it in syndication, but uh, one, one episode on Netflix. Uh, escape from Farfetch'd. Encounter. Again, he hit again. <laughs> Is that on purpose? Encounter, Encounter at Farpoint. Far <laughs> Next Generation, okay. I've watched an episode. And this is your first episode out of Next Generation outside of the movies. This is a, for your first encounter with the show. Encounter. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> so what did you think? Mixed mixed feelings. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's still pretty dated. It's very much a but pilot. So, like, a lot of the effects seem really good, and then a lot of the effects seem really cheap. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Is it Are the effects redone for the yes. version we're seeing? Okay, yes. tell what's, what's on Netflix. The, so it is, it's all redone. Uh, like the CGI type visual right, effects. Yes. But the sets, of course, are, what are all original. Yeah. Okay. And then I know that they used a lot of the 
stuff, like for the ship, the Enterprise, I think they used a lot from the movies, right? Yes. So they reused a lot of stuff. So that's why, like, the ship looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. So they used the ship parts from the original movies? The... Yeah, the original oh. movies. But it's, like, a totally different style. I don't know. Well, they rebuilt them, but oh, okay. I think they... A lot of the parts from those movies. But they had a lot to, like, of, like, raw material. For, to, right. so that's why they, they're such, so extensive, too. Mm-hmm. The first shot's pretty cool with Picard coming out of the shadows. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to introduce our new captain, right. I think. He looks pretty badass. Get to see our new... Future bald, that's yeah. term, right? Right. Pinhead coming out of the shadows. <laughs> I feel for the creators of future shows because... They have to make a show that creates the illusion. This is 400 years in the future, right? Right. They have to create a show that creates the illusion of the future mm-hmm. on a budget, even though they have probably a better budget than other people would have. But it can't be so dissimilar from today that the, an audience can't relate. Right. Mm-hmm. That being said, so the first, like the second, second or third shot is him going inside the ship and he's like moving through a big set. So I have Okay. Are we all going to talk about this elevator? This elevator is a big deal. It's a big fucking deal. Well, not the elevator, but go on. Let's break this elevator We got to get this elevator. Yeah. (laughs) So this is 40 years in the future. Go ahead. The voiceover is saying like this brand new, well-designed, hyped up galaxy class. Breathtaking. It's it's amazing. (laughs) And he's going up. The slowest, most dangerous-looking elevator. Not just slow, but like the jankiest fucking elevator. As it goes up, like you can see the set rocking back and forth away from like a power core. That looks like doesn't have like a safety bar across it. No, yeah, he's just like, all right, let's go up to the second level. It is a big deal. I must have like blinders on for some of that shit. Just like because what I saw. Can I talk about what I saw? What did the lady see? So I, I'm really into these uniforms that they're wearing. Tight, and I'm like uniforms. really analyzing, obviously not the elevator. And I was like, "Who was that dude that just walked by in a skirt?" And so oh, I stopped yeah, the kilt it. Guy, yeah. And I rewound it, I and I was like, this. "It is a guy." And I was like, "Hold up!" And so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm like, "Those skirt uniforms are unisex, bitches." Yeah. Mm. And like, there's a later scene where they're all evacuated. Where, yeah, you see a bunch. And of you see there. him. You see him in again. His, yeah. In his his kill is space kill. It's not a kill. It's you a, can like, tell that dress. you can tell that the costume designers are like, we're gonna make a point here. <laughs> that, boys like, can wear yeah, dresses. boys can wear a skirt, yeah. and we're gonna show this guy, this guy who is well, you know, later, not fuckable. Formal uni- <laughs> uniforms are like a dress, a little literal dress uniform. What's that? What the formal like when they go to like a like a formal event? event mm-hmm. They're all like oh, I've totally uniforms. forgotten about this. Yeah, I had forgotten the kilt man. Oh, well, I I was like that. Girl has some amazing, like, broad shoulders. I was like, wait a second. Well, I had to actually look at... Zoom in, enhance. Yeah. Speaking of these uniforms, I looked on online to see if they were wearing... Because, you know, like, a lot of these form-fitting suits, the actors will be given, mm-hmm. like, a breastplate to make I themselves look more muscular. But, like, in this case, it's not happening. These are, like, really <laughs> well-designed... Costumes, so they look nice, but they don't show the off like lines? the fupa or anything. Uh, Even like Brent Spiner, who's like not known for being muscular, he has got good pectorals <laughs> he's showing out. Like not known for he being muscular. Nice. He's nice, known for being like a lithe little okay. guy. But yeah, like everyone looks really good in these uniforms. Well, I wouldn't tangle with them. <laughs> I might be blowing my load too soon. But like later seasons, they apparently those were like full spandex unitards, and oh. the main actors were like. 
I don't know if it was uh-uh. an actual strike, but they were like, we can't wear these anymore. So they got like a separate top shirt and bottom pants. Uh, why didn't they want to wear them anymore? Because they were fucking oh, uncomfortable. That, I remember the, the classic pull. Yeah, that the they pull. Would do. That's yeah. the card maneuver <laughs> there. there. That doesn't happen until a little later. But the stand in characters. They didn't want to give them like the more expensive uniform, so they get to wear all those spandex uniforms. Oh. So later, like I'm always like, oh, there's like one of those guys that has to wear that shitty spandex. I wonder at what point you get the two part. Like, does Cole Meany get one? Um, I don't know. Well, we'll have to analyze. This I is don't. a porn set, right? This looks like a porn. Oh, it really yet. does. We get to the porn set. It is so like. I mean, I know this is like. We can just say off the bat. The late 80s and the early 90s <laughs> were dumb. They looked dumb. Everything looked dumb. The fashion was dumb. And you can see the it bleeding. That's amazing. That's amazing. Alex, stop. You can see it bleeding no. into the shell of this. Of like yeah, the, well, Deanna, oh, her hair. Natasha Yar, we got some <laughs> hair issues. Hey. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Back it up. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, wow. But it is. Step it, back off of Tasha Yar. It is she interesting. Did just walk out of a pet in her music video. <laughs> If you were to make a porn version of this, you'd have to change nothing. <laughs> you would not have to like back up I and like redo anything. Some of that. It's endearing. Yeah. It's also horrible, but it's endearing at the same okay. time. Okay, so we're coming up on one of my big questions for the show. Okay, is uh, they're approaching Farpoint Station, and this is at the I think he says I have it written down. Deneb, Deneb Four, beyond which lies the great unexplored mass of the galaxy. That I did not practice. Card impression. Well, I probably should have. You don't Jesus Christ! The title of the episode. <laughs> beyond which lies the great unexplored <laughs> mass of the galaxy. That's like Sean Connery and Cards. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. With that, Q shows up. Who I didn't know Q was going to be in the pilot. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Full regalia. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mini, mini regalia. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Just, just, just. But so he's coming everything. in and he's saying, "Look, you've gone too far, humans. Get back to your puny little solar system. How far is Starfleet explored?" <laughs> Like, just the said, Alpha Quadrant. I mean, the what is Not that? Not even all of the Alpha because Quadrant. Because in the first series, they explored a lot. They went on a five-year mission exploring. Before that, they'd explored. Before that, they had hooked up to the Vulcans, who have been around for centuries exploring. They've apparently hooked up with the Klingons, who have explored their own space. This is a hundred years later. I know. I know space our galaxy is big. big. So how how yeah, much have they explored? Yeah, space okay. is big. It's okay. just big. We're just going with that. <laughs> no, I I I don't know. See, I just you, kind of felt you guys like are bringing information. To this I don't know. I don't know how far they've gone. All because all, like, they set up by saying like we're reaching a part of the universe where there's a mysterious mass. That's what they said. And then they hit a CG net. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's what happens. I mean, well, he does, well, the card does say there's there's some sort of strange mass out here. Well, that's Q. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's Q's ship. Right, but that that was a strange no, mass. Q doesn't there. have a ship. Well, the net, the net turns into a yeah, ball. He makes the net to can capture Enterprise. Right, but yeah, then I, mean, it him, I thought, the, I thought right. the net was the strange mass. That's not it. No, they're going to Farpoint Station. But that's not strange. Then they they know where that right. is. Yeah, and so they're going there, and Q shows up, and he's like, "You guys are fucking assholes, and I'm right, going to show yeah. teach you a lesson." And they're like, "Get off my bridge or whatever." So that's it, word for word. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what. Worf says some amazing shit. Oh, God. Like, Poor let's Worf. clean up the bridge. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to clean it up. Clean it up. One of the two only black guys in the show, he has to get just dolloped in makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, my roommate Leslie was like, the reason I didn't watch TNG was because of that guy with the forehead. I didn't like that forehead. And my wife like, doesn't really? like the, the walnut forehead. She... Yeah. I mean, it is, anyway. But he has some amazing lines in this episode. But... Yeah. But so here's the other part is, Q comes in and says, well, you've gone too far. Go back. 
But hasn't the USS Hood already gone to Farpoint carrying uh, Riker and, and, and everyone else? Oh, right. Troy? Yeah. Like, why didn't he stop the Hood and go, hey, you guys have gone too far? God, these was are the just, questions I just he, do not think okay. about. Was he just happening by his life? I don't know how much I should remember. I just assume everything is just stuff. a means to I don't know, end, for yeah. like the whole series. He's kind of got a hard on for Picard, just so. But does he know? Yes. I mean, I get that. <laughs> Skin. I, I get that, that by the end of the episode, yeah. there's admiration. I also like how he's like super petty and kind of uh, terrible at his job. Yeah, he's like space Loki. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> yeah. He's like, 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 is he, it Loki space Loki? He, yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't think originally he was space Loki. That's Kenneth Branagh, <laughs> Space Loki. But, uh, uh, Space Loki. I always hate in episodes or in media in general when they're like, this person is so smart. And then they're like the most petty. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like Marcy was saying, like he has a hard on for this guy and he just wants to pester him. Mm-hmm. But he's supposed to be like so advanced from us, but all he cares about is playing jacks with well, Picard. Well, just, yeah, to jump to the end, Picard is about to, at least in his mind, fail the test. And he just comes in and saying, you're about to fail the test by doing that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep... Some of my info on the download because okay. I okay. want you so, to like yeah, experience I want, I this want to a little bit. This, uh, yeah, like like the newbie I yeah, am, like a newbie that you are. But I, mean, I could tell, like, I mean, the actor was having fun with it. He's a fun guy to watch. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird the casting for this. John Delancey is like a stand-up comic, and they think that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay, it works, I guess, yeah, for the character. But yeah, so then we get to Q's chasing him, and we get the saucer, the saucer separation, the oh, disc geez. separation. Yeah. <laughs> is this the first time in Damn, Trek I history we've seen it? Because, on screen, yeah, okay, okay. and because they made a big deal, it was like spaceship minutes, spaceship four, space separation. Well, well, it's like in the motion picture when you have yeah. uh, Kirk looking at the new Enterprise for like a solid eight minutes. And any analogy to Star Trek the motion picture is a bad. <laughs> not going to be more like that movie. Let's spend an extra twenty minutes just looking at stars, looking at yeah. Well, giant brackets letting go of I mean, it was cool to see what the ship is capable of because yeah. I don't remember in the original series, could the ship split so into pieces? Maybe. the saucer separation and reconnection is a new part okay. of that only the Galaxy class Enterprise D can do. I okay. see. So in Star Trek Beyond, even though it all blew up, theoretically they wouldn't have been able to come back together after it. I don't, Although it's a new timeline. Different universe, Different universe. Different universe. Well, different universe. Right? Yeah. Same thing. Okay. Now we get to one of the most exciting scenes, the uh, the, the post-apocalyptic trial scene, yeah. which is where this is the first scene where I was like, oh, the budget suddenly decreased dramatically. I think Q's literally riding in on a camera crane. And like, dressed see. as a combination of Grace Jones and Baron Harkonnen. I mean, Jesus Christ. I was just like, this is the costume you designed on? Did he pick it? Please tell me John Delancey picked Look, this costume. Geez, they are just plucking that from the history yeah. of the post-apocalyptic horror that he's happened on the in 2046. He's on the gimbal throne, and he's just <laughs> rocking that hat. I, I, he's wearing lipstick the whole time. He's just like, you motherfuckers need to fucking sit in awe of this Grace Jones attire that I have put on. It's amazing. And then who was Grace Jones's bailiff? Oh, it was a Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung yeah. himself. Like uh, from Mortal Kombat. Oh, right, right, Carrie right, right, Harayuki right, right, right. or something yeah, like that. I, I yeah. wrote it down. I'm not going to oh butcher God, it on yeah. air. I saw but... in the credits they called him Mandarin Bailiff. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it was. <laughs> what? Oh, horrible. Yeah, but, uh, that's probably Ron Barry. It's just like, what's a, what's a more PC term for these Orientals? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Roddenberry. I got to use Mandarin. No, I don't like it. It sounds too gay. Let's get more scenes with my wife as the ship's voice. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed 
seeing the really mm-hmm. shitty stunt double that was for Shashiyan. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I didn't even attempt to cut away from it. You see it in the immediate moment. It changes to a stunt double. Was like, and I guess apparently that's the only time they ever used a male stunt double, and it was oh. that one scene where you can see his wig practically coming off. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch this. And she's like, actually, oh it was. <laughs> it was a trick, and, and I, I love too, like how. Because we, we, we have mentioned outside the show that, unfortunately, there's a lot of heat that the female characters... Yeah. And I, as I was watching this episode, I was like, it is not these actresses' fault. The yeah. writing is bad for these female characters. And like, hey, we're going to have you all of a sudden have a soliloquy in the middle of this trial and then do a spin kick <laughs> and that'll be it and then you get frozen well she's like the worst security officer ever like yeah. every suggestion she makes because like is that really the yeah, best yeah, move try, try mm. again Tasha <laughs> right right try, well I already have this a solid B minus of a suggestion argument with some other people <laughs> but like you gotta give her like her history, which you learn a little bit more of later, okay. she's she's, a little bit she here. has she's to, a dirt she person on... from a battle player. <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up! It's not up. her fault. Okay, <laughs> they stacked <laughs> one top of each other. You know, his brothers, fucking sisters. Hey. Well, following up on that moment, they then execute the guard she was attacking. Yeah. Why? With their with their future. What did he do? Like before. he got attacked by the. I didn't. I didn't understand the logic going on. In there. I think it's because the. The guard shot at their feet and yeah. it almost hurt them. And okay. he was like, no harm must Shoot come. Shoot in the air, me. not at the feet. Yeah. I assume this this backstory of Trek has been covered elsewhere. I mean, I've kind of heard it. I think First Contact to deal with it. I completely bit, had forgotten about the well, nuclear first war. Was but there, I know, this. yeah. So beforehand, have we heard about the Holocaust? No, this so is we're like right, on track for, right on track for Star Trek time because it's a nuclear war in about 20 years. <laughs> Everything goes back to about a thousand years ago, and then I assume Starfleet gets born out of the ashes of this. Well, what do you? Let's bring it back to something a little more serious because he does more serious than nuclear war. Well, I mean, I mean, come on, we can go off on that forever. (laughs) But what about this humanity on trial thing? What did you think about that? Uh, I mean, I was kind of with Picard. We're like. Yeah, we made mistakes, but we learned from it. What's 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 up? Right. I mean, obviously Q knows their history. He keeps jumping into costumes from throughout history. It's like, okay, well, can you jump into a costume from like 100 years ago when Kirk and Spock were off saving the galaxy? Yeah, it feels very much like a, okay, well, we need a big hook for the mm-hmm. pilot. Mm-hmm. And so it's not enough for them to do the it rest feels of like the episode. Two, they put two episodes yeah, it's together, two episodes very much put together and they, and the big the big idea that was probably pushed in order for it to be like a, a blast out of the gate was, well, it needs to be humanity on trial, even though it does feel, it feels incredibly shoehorned. I mean, by the end, I sort of buy it because, again, Q comes off as a lot more flawed Petty, than he yeah. puts himself up. So, like, there's a point where Picard's like, do you like toying with races for your enjoyment? I'm like, oh, oh, that's what he's doing. They're not actually having yeah. this. Once it's a game and once it's silly, it works. But mm-hmm. when it's when it's grand in the beginning, it really does feel like, oh, you're, yeah. you're, this is not working for the budget you're working right. on or the time you have to talk about this. Because, I mean, this is a big idea that you're not going to be able to, you know, uh, conclude in eight minutes of, of, of Tasha Yar spin kicks. Right. <laughs> Well, and I think one of the great things that it does is sort of give Picard some moments 
and Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. to do some like Shakespearean sort of getting the feel for how Picard is so much different mm-hmm. from Kirk. Very much. Yeah, and a, a, like, a, 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 a dick. He's a fucking <laughs> dick. I, I was, that was a big surprise for yeah, me. Like, I've always him being that big. Picard is like he's the perfect captain. He is calm. He knows the right yeah. thing well, to do. He Super smart. Later, but know? I mean, they they gave him flaws, which I thought was good. Yeah. Made him more of an interesting character, right? And I also think like this episode did show like a large range for Picard or for uh, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Uh, yeah, and we do right have choice. to say again, Patrick Stewart. Uh, frozen and immortal, <laughs> immortal. Looks exactly. Everybody, everybody else is yeah. like, "Oh, look how young Jonathan Frakes is, and look how young these characters are." Whereas Peter Stewart's like, "Remember me from yesterday?" <laughs> exactly the same. Thirty years is nothing to me. Yeah. Even as someone who hasn't seen the show, seeing Riker without a beard is like shocking. Just yeah, the he's iconic really image. Handsome without the beard. I, I agree. Sure. Like. Like a nice live I young really man. Agree. <laughs> oh. It was very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Moments. <laughs> I remember Jonathan Frakes. You know, sort of the dust has settled on these memories, so they're probably uh, dog shit by now. But I remember Jonathan Frakes just being kind of this uh, bookshelf addendum to the ship. He like is like a legitimate character in this. I episode. am giving Alex <laughs> a look of complete, just absolute revulsion. <laughs> well, I have a theory because watching it, I was like, other because obviously he's not in the first thirty minutes or right. whatever the first encounter with Q is. But once they introduce him and it goes on, like it feels like they're building a, him up as the protagonist. We suddenly yeah. start seeing the ship through his eyes. He introduces us all to all the new characters, really. And I'm, I'm wondering if like they were hedging their bets, that they're like, I don't know if America's going to accept an old, bald protagonist. Like, Maybe. We yeah. need a Kirk 2.0 like in the wings, ready to take over. Maybe we, so, yeah. Well, you know, Pic- uh, not Pic- <laughs> Patrick Stewart... <laughs> He didn't think that he could make it in acting because he was going bald so early. Mm-hmm. And people were like, no, you're fine. It'll be fine. And they didn't want a bald captain. No, um, and they thought about doing like a wig and stuff, and they ended up not, which is a fantastic. Yeah, no. Because I mean, he looks great. He looks like severe. So and kind iconic. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, right. But you could imagine that it would have been a hard pitch yeah, because absolutely. it was very unusual to have a lead. Right. But I do remember this is a a memory that I do have, uh, which was Roddenberry was still alive when they premiered, because mm-hmm. uh, it came out in 87, Roddenberry was still yeah, kicking. I think he had a big part in And uh, they were asking him, of course, like, okay, so 400 years in the future and you can't cure uh, baldness, and he's like, in the future, no one will care. It's <laughs> like, oh, God, fuck yourself. <laughs> you guys imagine, like, him pitching that in a meeting, and just like, just the most hateable face, <laughs> just this insufferable fat-bodied nerd just like walking just shambling through the writer's room you know so much more about Roddenberry than I do (laughs) he does seem like a piece of shit but that could have just been like weird anecdotes I hear throughout and he also was very instrumental in like changing a lot of the themes and stuff in the first season of TNG. So he really it was his like little baby, and he the writer some of the writers quit because he would probably get on their ass about something or, or other. just inflexible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's one thing I'm curious about because we definitely live in a world of reboots and long-awaited sequels, and they're always met with equal parts skepticism and excitement. So, like, I mean, this was coming out years after, decades after the original mm-hmm. series. Yeah. You know, I mean, the movies were out now, but uh, a whole new cast. People must have been like. Pretty skeptical about this, I'm guessing, coming in. I would have to imagine. I mean, the pressure must have been on Roddenberry. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it only exists on, like, the the parents' nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. where, whereas this obviously became a show for kids, but initially it must have been a hard sell for anybody but fans of the old one. Right. 
Well, uh, well, why don't we jump ahead to DeForest Kelly's appearance? Oh, that boy. surprise! I did not see that coming. I did not know anyone made a cameo. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember this at all. I didn't know the amount of time between the old series and this series, so I wasn't sure mm-hmm. exactly how. About a hundred years. I think they said it was one hundred and thirty-seven years, and he was yeah. about late thirties, early forties. Yeah, the actor is late thirties. <laughs> so you talking about the actor playing? Well, DeForest I mean, the Kelly. character in the original. How old oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that DeForest Kelly was in the late thirties. Um, I don't know. I, well, I, assume, I would assume, yeah, early forties in the original show, yeah. I mean, it makes sense that they can they can live for a long time. I just I was right. surprised by the amount of effort they put into. No, 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 no. He can live. He can, he's a human who can live to well, thirty seven. Yeah. It was kind of a weird cameo. I felt because he didn't interact with anybody but, but data. data. It was. It felt very yeah. tacked on. Like almost they had filmed the whole thing. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if we need an extra later. three minutes, or yeah. We need we need a stamp of approval from the original cast, right? Because like back from commercial break, it's his ship just leaving. Because yeah, it was like this really weird like with the, he's taking the admiral to the hood. Like yeah. why did why did he come on this trip in the first place just to and go then, back? Yeah. And then Picard's just like, did he get my message? Did I see that? <laughs> right, right. Oh, it was so good. it was so well thought out. It was in French and shit. Uh, he's gonna love that. He's gonna appreciate my French. I also love how he was just basically playing like the lovable old racist. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, or uh, misogynist because he was talking about the gender of the ship. And everything, right. yeah. Oh, that. Well, they always call shit she's. All oh, right, fine. But yeah. he was dissing well. on Vulcans and robots, and right, yeah. Just and well, and he had like a much different accent than I remember him having the original. Like it sounded like he was playing a southerner more than. Yeah, yeah that's it did seem that way. Yeah. Before I, we go too far, though. Okay. Riker reflections. The day Commander Riker walked on the bridge is the day I began a love affair with the twinkle in a man's eye. Manual docking? I didn't even know that was possible. I thought the most exciting thing to happen to me was being assigned to the Enterprise D, but I was wrong. It was you. Looking forward to being under your command. My number one. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we're gonna... You're a lot of those, Marcy? Yeah, I mean, Riker is... It kind of snuck up on me, but when I started watching some of the episodes again, I noticed in any scene where he's not even talking or actively a part of it, you can see Riker's kind of got that glint in his eye. (laughs) He's, like, smiling a little bit. I'm like... Yeah, Riker, I get your joke. Like, I know what's what's going on here. Did, did, he, did he have an effect on young Marcy the first time you were watching these? No, it's just it's been later, like, probably because I'm now in my 30s. And beards make you seem like you're a thousand years old when you're young. <laughs> well, but, you know, I don't think I... Jordy actually was sure. the character that I keyed into He's as a young best person. fucking but, character in the whole show. Yeah, but um, I think, like, as an adult woman... I liked seeing, and just as the actor, Jonathan Frakes, like, he really looks like he's having fun in life, and he's a good juxtaposition against Picard, who's kind of a stick in the mud with a stick up his ass half the time, and then you've got Riker, who's like, come on, guy. Like, let's he definitely have a little fun. Well, he definitely chooses the most scenery in the pilot. He does the most, which I like, actually. He, yeah. he does the most long takes and the most, like... He gets a lot of the um, comedic relief in some parts. Well, he's, right. yeah, he's the one who's like not taking things quite so seriously. So they get away with some of the not, not taking things seriously, moments. except for his incredibly intense confrontations with the captain. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, or his uh, love of apples. Let's not forget that. Yeah. And his well, because the guy offers him a bowl of fruit. Want some earth fruit? 
Only if you've got apples in there. But, oh, the banana's not good enough for you, Riker. What's and I also, on? I want to quickly say, like, wasn't it great as a moment of childhood nostalgia? I don't know if you guys heard it, but that was Michael Bell as Zorn. That's the voice of Duke, the G.I. Joe, and he's a bunch of Transformers, really? and he was Grouchy wow. Smurf. And, That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I heard that voice, and I was like, I have to IMDb this man. And I was that like, was- he's Duke, it's Duke! Well, that was something that I noticed, too, a lot in the show, is that there's a lot of really awkward, long pauses of, like, the camera on people's faces after they've finished their line. Yeah. Like, Tasha Yar and Data had, like, a moment on the battle bridge, which later will come to fruition, as we all know from the famous song, but... Um, I'll have to tell you about it later. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'll play it for you on the right. next episode or that episode, but... Anyway, it was kind of interesting that there was a lot that were kind of just awkwardly on their faces for a long time. Yeah, it's hard to know how much of that is like the acting of the late 80s on television and how much of it is like, we got to pat this episode. We need two seconds for the commercial break. Yeah, exactly. Like, we've, <laughs> you've got to have a longer look at Riker when you bring him onto the bridge, Tasha Yar. Yes, you're confused. You're confused about everything. It's not your fault. You come from an inbred battle play. You're a dirt person. It's not your fault. Shut up, Alex. She uh, lived a life that you can't even imagine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, your, but your love impulsive. of Riker is making more sense to me now. Yeah. When I used to come to your house and see all the Tiger Beat photos, <laughs> Franks, I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was something weird about gargoyles. But now I know. <laughs> that is Him and Troy were yeah, on gargoyles. I love that fucking show. But yeah, like now it makes a lot more sense. And I have to say, like with or without the beard, he is very handsome. More, yeah. I appreciate that more so now than I did as a kid, yeah. for sure. He's kind yeah, of got I, a John Wayne look going on. He does have a twinkle on. in his eyes. Yeah. yeah you like, weren't lying. For throughout the whole series, my gut, my brain. <laughs> yeah, so Riker comes on board and meets Picard, and we talk about his confrontations with Picard, and we introduce Picard's, some of his flaws. He's not good with kids. I thought that was interesting. What, how, Although, what a weirdo moment <laughs> that was. And Riker's like, yeah, I'll back you up on that, and I kept waiting all episode for Riker to help yeah. him out. Not once. Or, and he's in the or, background or going, like, right? he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like enjoying the moment. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a test or something like, I'm not good with kids. I'm actually very good with kids. Weirdly good with kids. I just want to see how you do with them. But no, he's like, they make him legitimately weird like, about kids. He is like, weird. I was like, I don't remember this being a thing. That's I one of my it. favorite episodes later, though. And later, like, when he's talking to uh, uh, Crusher, mm-hmm. Madam Crusher. Uh, obviously, Crusher. they have a thing. <laughs> the Lady of Crusher. And, then, and he's, like, adorably oh, awkward. He's, like, John Cusack yeah, awkward. Yeah, it's very is. strange. And I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was kind of cute. But, yeah, I, I, I found it really jarring when they have, when Riker and Picard have their first, like, confrontation in the captain's quarters. Mm-hmm. Because it starts out very intense, like, can you drive stick? And then he, like, <laughs> forces him to duck the saucer Which, back How there. dangerous was that? Because everyone looked really nervous. Yeah, I, I, and I, was, I was like, like <laughs> I went to eight years of Starfleet Academy, but can you fucking duck this thing manual. It's like, that's you not can't. what I trained to do. I'm kind of first commander of this fucking gigantic, invaluable starship. Not to mention, filled with families that yeah. are, like, just if barely I'm saved. If i a fraction of a, an Oh, my inch. God, you guys. Don't you know anything about, like, military procedure? Speaking He's, like, kind of coming back to, like, Navy, being able to, like... Make it's the a, numbers I thought it was work. a strange test of fire. It was strange, but, but yeah. it's like part of Riker's character. It was a cool moment. I'll give it to the fact that it, it's, it's a Lego cool. ship. And also, I like like everyone was super nervous, but Riker, he was just up there like, yeah, watch and learn, Don't guys. Don't worry about <laughs> Don't it. Don't you? Yeah. But yeah, it's but a then, tense moment. Then it's 180 degrees in the captain's quarters. Riker, he's like, okay, yeah, well, good job. It's totally <laughs> rudimentary. By the way, terrible with kids. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and you need to come like fucking slip and slide in the room when I talk to a child because I will fuck it up. I'm going to touch their penis. I'm going to do something wrong. I'm going to like immediately unzip their unitard. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not good. I don't know what happens. I don't know if you're interested in kids sexually. I would just well, do Picard it. Well, the card is just kind of, Well, here's where I'm going to bring up what I've been wanting to bring up for a while is Deanna has a very strong presence in this episode. Uh, yeah. None of you guys have really mentioned that. Unfortunate hey, presence. I, that's okay, not her fault. Hold, no, hold on. Though, and I think what's great about Picard is he recognizes that he doesn't have an ability to empathize very mm. well with people mm. in general. Yeah, that's a good point. And Counselor Troy, they allow her to do things like cry on the show where people still take her fucking seriously. I don't like it when people are like, why would Picard have her on the ship? Because they're... Like uh, they need Picard is like emotionally stunted. <laughs> yeah, well, and also they're on a long voyage where people are away from their homes and their families, and they need somebody who can talk to them and help them live this life that is not normal for humans to live. You've once again brought up something I want to ask. What sort of organization sends families and children on a military <laughs> vessel on military missions? Yeah, that is good. I don't all the minutia going on in the background. I should pay more attention to. I'm just like, okay, I guess there's forty thousand families. Well, he on says the ship. like the ship with families, and of yeah. course we've got Wesley, and yeah, you see other ones, and I'm like, what? Why? It's like, okay, make sure you push this warp drive as hard as it can. This we will literally set on fire half the families. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, I, well, I'm here, captain. Here's I mean, part of the saucer separation. Why it's important is because they go to the battle bridge. And the saucer separation is for the well, families. Well, everyone, yeah. 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 But, I mean, they all it say, like, it's a still a high question, risk. why are they there to begin with, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the rest of the episodes, obviously, but I'm guessing something incredibly dangerous happens in every episode. I'm speculating, okay, okay. I'm speculating that they're there to seed new planets, maybe. The they just, them. just drop them off at new places. <laughs> okay, if they're going on an incredibly long journey... And it's just like anything, You, if after years and years of being out in space, people want their families near them, and if the families understand that eh, that's, that's a fair. part of the risk... So it's the crew they, members' families. Yeah, it's okay. the crew yeah. members' They're allowed families. to get I just yes. I saw this like a terrarium. Oh yeah, that's what God. I felt like. Guys, come <laughs> on. So I love how much you're correct. I was like, guys, come on, get in the game. All right? okay. Do you even yeah, watch yeah, this episode? Were you paying attention to the show? Because it's actually really well constructed. <laughs> Not your little shitty comments, Alex, aren't really important. It was thought about and it was fixed in the writer's room. So maybe you should just watch the show. That makes it to the last of it. Okay. I'm sure Troy will come around in terms of like my love for her because I remember liking her a lot. I like Troy in this episode. And I can I can I can understand what you're saying. I think you're probably right. There was probably a pitch where they're saying this show can't be as antiseptic as it was before. It can't just be a bunch of thought experiments. We need a connection. Therefore, we'll have an impact on the show. But the way they utilize her, and I won't yeah. get too far, but the way they utilize the episode is so unfair to that character. It's yeah. just, she's basically a see and say. It's just kind of yeah. like, what do you feel? It's, it's there's a pain. It's like, yeah, you said that last time. I, I can only <laughs> well, feel Well, you're like right, pain. because I felt like that was a perfect moment for them to have Deanna figure out that it was an alien, a live ship. But they gave that over to Picard. Picard mm. figures it out in the yeah. end. And I was a real, really upset that 
like Deanna's been spending all this time, emotional energy, and like figuring out what this is, and then fucking Picard gets to be like, oh yeah, I guess they are. Like, check out the rivets on my neck. I have more. <laughs> Shut your mouth, counselor. <laughs> to, to be fair, uh, Deanna Troy might have been distracted by how horny she was for That's Riker. God. Like, did With you guys the notice the moment? Smells when they first see each other. I forgot yeah. well, how much whole... they use music. In yeah, the play. music was Jesus crazy. Christ. But even the moment when they're on the away mission, and she's like, "There's tunnels under here." Riker, do you want to go down there and check it out with me? And no, I'm going with Data. Everyone else, you go with her. And you see her in the background. She's like, oh. I really wanted like, to get it on with you in those tunnels. She like, was all about that. Yeah, I mean, it was There weird. is a lot of sexual tension just dripping down these Enterprise Well, they took balls. an entire, like, freeze frame on, on <laughs> seeing their faces of them looking at each other for the first time. I, I do was, like that there's obviously a ton of backstory with a lot right, of these characters. Yeah, right. and it, it already feels like it's going to be way more serialized than the original uh, series was, which I'm I'm happy for. Well, I'm just gonna throw this out here that Deanna, I give Deanna a lot of shit, like personally, but at the same time, <laughs> when I you feel and her like, get together at a party, well, like with Andrew and I, when we talk about this show, like we're really honest with each other about what we feel, and I think it's important <laughs> that we understand that like there are lots of good things about her, but like camel toe and like the hair. I didn't even well, notice did. the camel. I know it's not, I didn't wasn't well, even wasn't. Well, wait till later it. seasons, yeah. my friends, because that shit is like bold and upfront. <laughs> And like a lot, like lots of mind raping happens. They make her that super vulnerable, needs to be rescued character, and I don't mm. appreciate that. But that's not her fault. Like mm. it's the writer's fault. Agreed. Yeah. For I not, think she's like, doing everything she can with what they gave her. And yeah. the only like the character that they try to make a strong female character, they kind of keep putting down. Like your ideas are bad, <laughs> yeah. Tashi Yar. Yeah. And then, like, there's Crusher, who's good at her job, but also, like... They also just treat her like she's, you know, it's like, get off the bridge! Yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. off the bridge! Get the hell yeah. off the bridge! Don't touch uh, a goddamn thing so on the like, screen! I, I, I love that scene. like, flaws, just like Wesley but... told you. Well, I understand she, like, there's flaws. I know. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I have to defend some no, of that. No, I, I, want, I want to be very and... clear on this. I'm not attacking the fact that there shouldn't be strong women. Right. It's just they're written poorly. Yeah, at least you're in the right. Pilot, yeah. written poorly. Because they have great actresses, except for Denise Crosby, Tasha Yar. <laughs> Very good. But all the other, but like, I'd say miscast more than not yeah. good actresses. Yeah. But Gates McFadden is amazing. Yeah, she I will is. Say. And, and by the way, I can't tell it's a wig. Everyone said, you're going to tell it's a wig. I can't What's tell wig? it's a wig. Yeah, she wears a wig throughout the entire like series. or a wig? No, a full wig because they said that her hair looked too sexual and it was too long and thin, so they gave her a wig. It looks great. I think it looks great. You can't tell it's a wig. The wig yeah, does crusher. look great, but that's fucking... Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Really, she needed a professional look. What? So they gave her a more full-bodied hair. Yeah. <laughs> now Marcy's turning on the show. Uh, turning on the oh. men that made the show. Sure, okay. yeah. But I think I think even this pilot episode does show like how well cast most of the crew is. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a reason mm-hmm. the iconic uh, cast members became iconic. Data is amazing. Yeah. Brent Spiner's amazing as Dana. Jordy LaForge. I, his little time. I mean, he's yeah. good for what little he has to do. I thought it was hilarious, show. though, when he has the little um, crusher inspection. Because uh-huh. I, I remember reading this, like, they got the idea for the... I love the visor as a kid. I used to wear a headband oh, on my oh, face. Oh, I know. It's my sister. But I remember, they, clips, they, yeah. I remember reading that they said that, called, right? that a hair yeah. clip... Okay. Was actually the inspiration. I was like, it couldn't have actually been. You, when you take a look at that in the pilot, it just looks it's like a hair gold yeah. hair clip. Yeah. <laughs> they just spray paint a fucking hair clip. You know yeah. that's what happened. But yeah, uh, and and it, they do cause a lot of pain when you wear them. They just pinch yeah, right there right. on the temples. But I saw a I saw a um, uh, screen test for LeVar Burton, mm-hmm. and at the time of the screen test, he would had a Jerry curl, and I just think it's such a crime. <laughs> I didn't let him keep. 
a future Jerry curl in this case because it would have been the most amazing thing that ever happened on television to have Joy LaForge, which is a thick, dripping Jerry curl. They had to like, like just it's staining his Starfleet Academy suit. Well, what I love in this moment though is our one memory that we all share is Jordy LaForge's visor, a person with a disability. And we we loved him, and we were like, this is what I want to be. I want to have this thing that's iconic yeah. that means we're Jordy LaForge, and that's awesome that that's the one thing that we kind of all remember is, like... Also, yeah. he was one of the few people who actually had, like, a future prop, like, right. on his face. That's Besides true. the suit, like, something that you actually could give yourself was, like, I am and, the character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's still, like, we connected with him. It helps that he was... On Reading Rainbow later, like all those. Yeah, things. was the overlap? Because I, I know he did he Roots did. before this, but it was Reading Rainbow overlapping. I think he did. I don't know that for sure. Okay. But I think there was I, overlap. I, I, with yeah, Rainbow. I remember Reading Rainbow in the eighties, so I think there's a chance that's an overlap. It was because I know yeah. he did an episode of Reading Rainbow on, on Next the Generation. Set, yeah. Right. Can we get to my uh, favorite location now? The Hollow Deck. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, which, sure. Which apparently. Is not a hollow. Does not utilize holograms, but actually makes these environments. Yeah, apparently makes out of light. Yeah, physical objects. West which I have water and is still wet when it comes out. Did not remember that the consequences of the hollow deck were that permanent. I could not. I did not remember. Yeah, that I assume it was a hologram or like some sort of virtual reality thing. But no, and apparently the largest room in the starship. But it also doesn't make any sense to me because he shows him where the wall is. Right. Exactly. But then when they like turn around, like they never seem to find the wall when they want to go to a place. So is it just? <laughs> Rotating is the is like the interior I just from future episodes. Huge cavernous room. I guess so. No, it's yeah. actually when they show it, it's really small. And I've always been really confused by the holodeck. Probably because there's no treadmill on the ground. Or well, anything. that's what I always wondered. Like, is it that they're just like walking the bottom of the floor? Maybe like somebody can email us and let us know. But, yes, like, please give us the details because the it is very confusing. And I, I can't believe you don't remember. Like some of the movies have it where remember when Picard? I think it's first contact. Where he's like shooting the Borg with a like a machine gun, and the he he turned off the safety settings, and they like kill the Borg. (laughs) That sounds uh, smart. A smart setting to include. Yeah, but like anyway, it's like real physical bullets. So it's Mm. a premise of the holodeck that like it's like physically there. I mean, that makes it a little cooler, a little but also harder to find. yeah. Yeah. I feel I feel like the rules will change as the plot necessitates yeah, yeah, the holodeck. Yeah. Yeah. I do love the uh, the Riker data bromance that's brewing in this episode. It's kind of it's, it's also good adorable. to know that uh, Pinocchio has endured for six hundred <laughs> years. <laughs> well, all Star Trek apparently like classics of four hundred years ago is yeah. just on everyone's minds all the time. <laughs> you never like yeah, and the J.J. Abrams ones. He loves uh, Sabotage by Beastie Boys, but you never hear him listening to music from like two hundred years right. ago. I guess the nuclear war never destroyed the classics. I, that's true. My yeah. other memory of the holodeck is like whenever I get into an argument with people on which universe you'd rather live in, Star Wars or Star Trek, they always pull out the holodeck for wanting to live in Star Trek land because they can just go there and do the most... Masturbate. Yeah, basically. Well, also, I mean, just in terms of like pure rationality, pick Star Trek because you're not going to get murdered <laughs> right. at any moment well, of the day. Yeah, the like, utopia. And like the other day, the ship is like running into yeah, the most but, horrifying but most of the people on Earth are fine. Until like a giant space whale comes and wants to destroy <laughs> the planet. happens, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> I've read my history, sir. Sort of. Yeah, just whatever happened in the movies. Yeah. So anyways, on the show, there's a mystery, and uh, they're trying to solve it, and another ship shows up and steals who the uh, steals Duke 
Oh, right. And yeah. they go over to try to save him, and uh, he's being tortured. And they free him from this torture device he's being tortured in, and he falls into a nice, comfy bed. That was nice. Yeah, that and you know, happened. by the way, that it's not all torture. Probably sticking stuff up his butt. <laughs> hey! He's not like that uncomfortable. He's probably getting milked like crazy. He's like, I can't eat There's no more! No more! He, he never likes, said the uh, safe word. <laughs> yeah, and look at those bandy. They are disgusting. They deserve everything they get. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like you only see the one bandy except when they're like in the there's market. the extras yeah, in the background you see the yeah. like shopkeeper bandy like they yeah. can make a point and, I, and by the way I, I always love extras to look at them in scenes when there's a lot of people because it's just to see like their little fuck ups <laughs> In, in the marketplace, when they're like a bunch of bandy going back and forth, and I saw this one where he just like I guess ran out of room. And he just I'm still in shot. Just turns around, just kind of looks around. Where okay, where am I going to go now? Like I hope they're going to cut. Well, no, they're still talking. Okay, well, I'm going to look right at them. It's just like that would be me. I'm just like aiming my power to like be the one extra who just stares at the principal actors. To be fair, they are aliens. You think they'd all yeah, be stopping exactly, and staring yeah. at what, them? What, what is this? Well, it to is bring weird. It back to the ladies, I love the first introduction of Crusher. It's like I wonder what fabric I'm gonna buy today. Yeah, I'm exactly. not interested in. Oh, look at this wonderful boat of fabric. By the way, I'm a fucking doctor, <laughs> yeah, right. raising on a single mother from my deadbeat dead husband. <laughs> He's a deadbeat. Yeah. <laughs> you're dead. You're a deadbeat because you're not helping the family anymore. The word right? dead is there. He can't help anybody. Well, was it just me? Or was it like Wesley trying to hook Riker and his mom up? It sounded like he was playing. Wing oh, Man I didn't there. get that. I could see it though. Yeah, this show is going to be the best chance any show's ever had at making me not hate Will Wheaton because for the longest time all of our friends for some reason have a hard on for Will Wheaton, and I'm just like he's this dumpy nobody who just shoehorns his way into like starring or like uh, special roles in like Big Bang Theory or some garbage like that and that's yeah, like the one Big Bang Theory episode I've seen and yeah and it's just like everyone loves Will, Will Wheaton just like he's a, he's a human zero he adds nothing to life <laughs> Alex, he's, but if, if see any cast members listen to our podcast <laughs> it would be Will Wheaton would be he's exactly the Will only Wayne. one who has any Will chance Will Wheaton I'm sure you're a very nice guy here you're an excellent dad you raised an adult son that's fantastic you're, I'm sure you're a great guy in, in person everything of you on the media you seem to go piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> and you annoy the hell of me. But in the show, in he's great. Media. He's really great in the show. I, I like he's, him. He's nice and quirky. Adorable. He brings a nicely. He's got a tight, tiny little body. <laughs> well, all the ladies that were, you know, young little girls when they sure, were growing up with this show. I mean, I didn't really. Yeah, but he used they, to be yeah, a kind of a right star. Right yeah. They, they, they loved the People shit. People our age out of remember Wesley. when he used to kind of almost be famous for a little, for yeah. a fraction of a second. I mean, my nephew's Jonathan name Brandis, Wesley right? over. What's that? The poor man's Jonathan Brandis. I, I can see that. Look like, oh. oh, we can't afford Jonathan Brandis. Get this kid. I think Jonathan Brandis would take umbrage of that. Oh, wait, he He's can't. Dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you lost, Jonathan. Oh. <laughs> he he He's swimming with uh, <laughs> shit. What's his name? Darwin. He's swimming with Darwin. Darwin, yeah. He's with the dolphins oh. in heaven. Darwin oh. loved Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> Guys, come on now. A little bit of empathy here. I, hey, as a sequest. I'm not just no, stealing. I'm the Deanna Troy. Just, you just hear like the noose creak and then Will Wheaton comes in the room he's like, beat you. I beat your fucking ass. I outlived you. I knew I would. I knew I would. <laughs> Everyone said that Star Quest is better than Star Trek and I thought they were full of shit. Star Quest? Yeah, wasn't Jonathan Brandis on Star Quest? Sequest. Oh, I, I lost all my credibility. <laughs> Complete opposite direction. Alex. <laughs> Suddenly, you're not funny anymore. Guess what, Alex? You fucked up. The whole joke is worthless. 
fired. <laughs> but yeah, I liked him in the episode. I thought Will Wheaton was actually not offensive in the episode. I was impressed that I didn't I didn't hate him immediately. Yeah. Immediately. He seemed like a fine foil to all the adults talking. Yeah. So then these uh, spaceships and the planet turns out to be aliens. I think that's always the case in Star it's Trek. Always they always turn out to be aliens. And they're always giant aliens. jellyfish aliens. I like the effects. Were yeah, those they, ones remade? Yeah, I mean, had a little bit of uh, abyss like reminiscence. Yeah. yeah, felt very very cool. Well, that last half. So I totally the first half I felt was very slow, and I was like, it was really hard. I mean, I was doing other things while I was <laughs> listening to it. And then when it finally got to Farpoint Station and the encounter, the encounter um, I really started actually watching the episode again a little bit more intently. And when they reveal that the spaceship mm-hmm. is an actual living creature, and the fucking the station, not the planet. Hard on, just a raging hard on for his mate. And I, <laughs> Everything. In Marcy, it's in I'm the script. To talk it's, about, in the, it's in the script. I was like, <laughs> it said it. This is the wonder. Like, he wants to blow space jasm. Of Star Trek. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> this is the wonder. Like I was really like, yeah, like there's creatures out there that aren't anything like us that could be sentient and. That's the great thing about this energy crew in and the away teams is that they consider all those options. But um, the mystery was pretty good. I, I yeah. had me guessing up until the end. And I do like that they actually have an alien in the pilot that isn't anthropomorphic. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's just not a dude fucking because the bandy look exactly it. like dirty hobo humans. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's also on true. this planet on the edge of the explored galaxy. Uh, and that was the episode. I did notice, uh, like, because again, I I'm familiar with some next generation stuff. I know Make It So. I know Engaged. Mm-hmm. Engaged. engaged. I'm engaged. <laughs> Raiko, get engaged. They all will, right? I mean, everyone's going to hook yeah, up in this yeah, series. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. And uh, in Earl Grey tea, he was drinking a tea. I'm guessing it was Earl Grey. But they they ticked off all those boxes right in the pilot. Yeah, they did. That's true. I wasn't even I wasn't even paying attention to the I was so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I. The, a lot of the hallmarks of the show I wasn't even really looking for, and yet I did feel like they did a good job of setting everybody up enough. Well, and I really loved that at the end, you know, even though, like, Picard figures it out, not Deanna, but, like, I was like, yeah, this is Picard. This is who he is. He has that eloquence when he's talking and the diplomacy that is required. Like, every situation, it seems like he is under control. But there were moments with Q where, like, he... He, he had him in a corner, and yet. well, angry, but also like some some meek moments where he's like, "Q's well, got it up true. my ass right now, and, and I'm humble. fucked." And yeah, and he, and he has to play that card, and I think Stewart well, did a good job of all those ranges, right? And the ultimate diplomat, you know, yeah. and that's that's, that's what, what I love that's about what him. From Kirk. Yeah, I do wonder if there's any drama on set though, because man, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Patrick Stewart's the only like seriously trained actor on that mm-hmm. set, and he's just like, guys, come on. <laughs> this is serious. Yeah, seriously. Like, we might be on a fucking starship, right? <laughs> but we're going to do this for realsies. I did Hamlet. Is he? I mean, I... I mean, he definitely like is a classically you, trained actor. I know he is, is, but no but one else I don't is. know. Mark Burton or... Yeah. Brick Spiner? I mean, obviously Tasha. Yeah. Michael Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> She's the most trained. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll be corrected immediately <laughs> by people who know better, but he seemed... Sometimes the other characters seem a little out of their depth when they were acting mm-hmm. against him in a scene. Although I was impressed with Jonathan Frakes. 
I even Jonathan Frakes I thought held, held his own. He didn't have a lot to do. Because Jonathan Frakes has a big dick. <laughs> That's all he and has to do. And a beautiful, beautiful face, and just he's going to cover up with a beard. And they had actually he's the only one they had to give a cod piece, not to enhance it, but to cover up the the uh, visible penis line <laughs> that Jonathan Frakes had that was just just raging well, through his star suit. Well, they could put him in a potato sack, and I would like look at his eyes all day long. I mean, those eyes. I guess that is the only like scandal is that it turned out he was kind of a fucking Fruit Loops after because he did all those like ghost shows what? after the start. Didn't he like host a bunch of like is it a ghost or not? So I guess he's got that. But he did. Well. He hosted my alien autopsy videotape. Did he really? Yeah, he did. I forgot sure he about did. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be legit now. <laughs> uh, any any parting thoughts on the episode? Uh, I I stand by. Shots, not shots. I stand by my original sentiment that. The show's got to do a lot more, which is, you know, it, this is a pilot. It, 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 just, it can I, be rough. It has to do a lot more in order to get me back in its good graces because I can't remember what I mentioned before, but, like, I used to be a Star Trek guy. I am not a Star Trek guy anymore. There's no nostalgia left. It is burned away. So I'm open to the idea of becoming a Star Trek guy again, but this episode, I'm not there. It definitely I, was long. It, there was a lot of fluff. It, it, there was a lot of scenes that were just like, uh, aren't you guys under a deadline? Aren't yeah. there, isn't there an alien that wants to kill you all, but we're over here talking about And I agree with the, what we said earlier, that it feels like two episodes that are kludged together mm-hmm. poorly. It probably but, was. Yeah, it probably was. Um, well, that leads me to my Q&A session with you guys. Yeah, right. And now it's time for a Q&A. Wasted effort considering human intelligence. So I'm going to tally what you guys get right. Oh, and I feel like at the end of the season, I can determine who got more right answers. Oh, okay. So I have time to, uh, to bone up for yeah. the next one. So yeah. do, we have, do we just like say it as soon as we know it? Or is so it I'll one ask each either? one of you one at a time. All right, all right. I mean, you can listen. So I'll go back and forth, I guess. So it's going to be one. quiz show action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no looking at my paper oh, oh. here, guys. Um, so I'll put my uh, Jordy LaForge glasses on. We'll headset. S- okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. <laughs> so which character in Encounter t- at Farpoint was added last minute to the episode and had a lasting impression on the next generation? Cameron. Um, last minute, I would say, would be uh, Bones, but lasting impression on the show Q? Okay. Oh my god, these are much harder than I thought they would be. Um, well, I actually made it a multiple choice and I forgot to read them all. <laughs> but no, but those are just for me. Is he one of the choices <laughs> yeah. at but least? Now, now it's too late. Yeah, okay. so. Do I get the multiple choice? <laughs> Do you want the multiple <laughs> yeah, choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, so Wesley, O'Brien, Q, oh. or Deanna? I'm going to say Deanna. Okay. So you're right. Damn it. <laughs> Cameron didn't cheat, though. He looked at your paper. Well, he, he pulled it straight out of thin air, my friend. No, no, so no, 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 no. I, it was I really... He, yeah. he pulled it straight out of fucking eye vision right to your there. paper. And Cameron was absolutely correct. So it was really hard for me to not say anything during the episode that we were talking about it. But, yeah, he was the last-minute addition because they thought it wasn't enough to just have them go to this far point station mm-hmm. and have a mystery. So they added Q. And then, of course, he's become a long-standing character. In I was show. glad that it did feel... I feel like I've seen some pilots where it's like just another episode, and you're like, well, okay. Right. Like it did feel a little bit more important than that. Right. The audience is rooting for me. Okay. <laughs> you're the underdog. Okay, so this is because you guys are kind of film geeks. Okay. Which 
visual effects company provided only the effects for Encounter at Farpoint. But no other episodes? Yes, only that episode. Image G, Industrial Light and Magic, Kerner Optical, or Stokes Cone Associates, Inc. ILM. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're supposed to go first. Okay, yeah. Industrial Light and Magic. Okay. ILM. Yeah. It's the only one I know. You're correct. (laughs) Both of you. Well, Stokes G did, did of course, Willow. (laughs) Did they? No, ILM did Willow. Well, I don't know, like, what you... So she did first pass. (laughs) (laughs) What you guys know, so... Um, Yeah, so Industrial Light Magic did the first episode because they wanted to be able to put their... Like logo, and then Image G, I guess, did a majority of the effects for the later episodes. Oh, cool. Okay, so Cameron, Star Trek: The Next Generation was first broadcast on what television network? God, NBC, ABC, local syndication, CBS, or Fox? CBS. Okay. It was CBS. Yeah. You're both wrong. No! Really? I thought it was CBS. So, NBC was NBC, right? I, uh, half point. Local, local syndication. It was local syndication. Ah, shoot. As an Alaskan, I thought you might get that because... I just thought all of Alaskans is local syndication. Well, I don't understand what that means. So it just means that they didn't go through the major uh, broadcast companies because they weren't willing to take on the full season. Oh, so cool. they decided to get all the local... I, uh, I just would have assumed it would have been a big deal, like a big broadcast deal. Yeah, no, so apparently all the local stations were like airing it all at different times, but they had the, the rights to air it, and then they made a lot of money on it. Because... But it did later go to CBS, is that right? You don't uh, know. I actually didn't look that oh, okay. So this is just, you're going to have to pull this one out of your hats. Okay. So Alex, what three new Enterprise D technologies were introduced in Encounter at Farpoint? Oh, wow. Three new technologies. Yeah. Uh, originally in the other episode. Holodeck. Jeez, um, 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 I could just fill this with ums and ohs. Uh, uh, it did, I, there definitely was warp drive before, so it can't be warp drive. Um, they definitely had transporters, so it can't be transporters. Uh, I would say... Uh, fudge uh, replicator was that in the pilot? Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, holodeck <laughs> again. Um, can we count the visor? Uh, that was in the pilot. Mm-hmm. But that's not Enterprise D. Oh, right, right, right. That's just Jordan. Oh, sa- saucer detach. Um, and um the third one of course is that picard has a prosthetic penis <laughs> that's straight from the ship shoot okay. that's canon okay cameron holodeck uh disc separation and reattachment because we we're talking about that oh uh-huh. for god yeah. <laughs> um and then i don't know what to call it but like that weird little short lady tells Riker there's the thing on the wall where you can find anyone and then it directs you oh, to them yeah. come on uh, yep. what's it called what's it ship? called Siri. The computer, yep. The computer, okay. Yeah. Yeah, where you get to Oh, hear... is that Roddenberry's wife? That's Roddenberry's okay. wife, yeah. yeah. That is, yeah. you do hear the ship talk then. You right. know it's some weird sex thing, too, they have in their bedroom. <laughs> of course. All right. So, yeah, so it was the saucer separation. You added the reconnection. Good job, because I talked about it. But uh, holodeck, for sure. 
And there's a new advanced computer system on Enterprise D called uh, the Isolinear computer system. Yeah. Yeah. Did they but have touchscreens in the like, original? Um, I, they were all, it no, was all like knobs and like levers and, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So right now, Cameron is ahead of oh. five points. Also, am I wrong that like this is the first time they talk through their insignia? Before, wasn't it like a little headset? Oh. Yeah, they had a handheld. Oh, uh, yeah, so there was that too. But that's not part of this ship. God damn it. <laughs> Those the are new technology. All right, all right, yeah. all right, all right. If I would have said that, I should have got a point. You should, maybe I would have. <laughs> edit that in, but I said that. <laughs> maybe I would have given you a half a point. All right, all right, all right. But right. you didn't come up with it Look, at the time. So. I think the editing will show differently. <laughs> So five points for Cam, three for Alex. Oh, it's already over. And All right, I'll, I'm, I'm going to make a comeback. Okay, <laughs> I believe I in you, Alex. We'll tally it up at the end of every season. Yes, and then the final okay. one. Somebody will get a if special we make it prize. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be as old as DeForest Kelly by then. <laughs> Jesus Christ, and just as racist. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for the first episode. Thanks for listening. You can always follow along on Green Shirt Podcast at Facebook and at Green Shirt Podcast on Twitter. So, Cameron, uh-huh. the next episode is titled The Naked Now. Well, that sounds exciting. And what do you think that's going to be about? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> that's what Riker says. To Not going for Troy the low hanging. Every time they run into each other on the bridge. <laughs> it's naked now. The naked now. Well, they, that's what they think to each other, right? right because yeah. Read my thoughts. Super sexy. <laughs> okay. Okay, so how about, I bet it's about all the command or whoever, because now like the colors of the uniforms are different than the original season or mm-hmm. series, I noticed. So I bet all command like looks up in history what happened to the old red shirts. So Picard and whoever else wears a red outfit tears it off, and they go on the away party naked because they don't want the nice. curse of the red shirt. Yeah? Mm-hmm. 100%. No. 100%. <laughs> well, Try again. We'll, we'll find out next okay. week. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.